The scripture reading for this afternoon is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, the first gospel of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 6, and we'll be reading together from the verses 5 to 15. We'll read together the verses 5 to 15. With our focal point being Matthew 6, verse 9. This comes in the Sermon on the Mount, and our Lord Jesus Christ is teaching. We come to Matthew 6, verse 5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room. And shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for the many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Our focus for this afternoon will be verse 9. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now we'll be looking at this petition as is taught in the Heidelberg Catechism. The reading of the Catechism comes from the summary of God's Word that we find in Lord's Day 47. You can find this on page 561 of your book of praise if you'd like to follow along there. This is what Scripture teaches about the first petition summarized in this Lord's Day. What is the first petition? Hallowed be your name. That is, grant us first of all that we may rightly know you. And sanctify, glorify, and praise you in all your works in which shine forth your almighty power, wisdom, goodness, righteousness, mercy, and truth. Grant us also that we may so direct our whole life, our thoughts, words, and actions, that your name is not blasphemed because of us, but always honored and praised. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray, hallowed be your name. May your name be made holy, which is to say, set apart for holy use, or to respect greatly, to venerate. Now, last week, there was another minister standing in this pew, 
But undoubtedly, you saw how the Lord's Prayer begins with putting us in the right frame of mind about who we are praying to. We're praying to God, yes. But He's also our Father. We are praying to the one who is not only able, but also willing to give us everything that we need for body and soul. Having done that, our Lord now gives us this first petition, hallowed be your name. A petition is something that you ask of someone who's special, like a king. And in this case, we are asking the king of heaven, Father, may your name be made holy, may it be respected greatly. It's a beautiful place to start. First of all, it reminds us of our place. This is why we were put on earth as God's children, to enjoy God and to glorify him forever. To have him as our highest treasure and our highest joy. And because he is our highest treasure, we want others to treat him that way too. We want his name to be hallowed everywhere. But more beautifully, the Lord teaches us that where there is a question, there is an answer. A petition is a question, it's a request, and where there's a question, there is an answer. God will answer. His name will not just be hallowed elsewhere in this world and in far-off distant shores, but his name can be and is hallowed through everyday things that we do and everyday people like you and me. And what more beautiful thing could we ask for in light of that? And that the God of the universe would choose to hallow his name through you and through me. Yes, loved ones, through this simple petition, this simple question, the Lord is teaching us that our Father will give us what we need to hallow his name. So first of all, we'll look at the mindset with which we should approach this petition in light of that. And second, what we're actually asking for in this petition. And last, how our Father will answer this petition. So there are two things that we should keep in mind as we approach this petition. And the first is this. Don't treat this petition like a command. Don't treat it like a command. This is a petition. You're asking God for something. This is not a command. We can sometimes think that a petition like, hallowed be your name, feels like a command. It feels like a command that we must live holy lives. It feels like maybe, maybe for you as you're listening to this, like the full weight of the law presses down on your shoulders, bearing you down. Yet we need to be careful as we're looking at this petition to see, today to see it as the Lord Jesus sees it, as he means us to see it. Hallowed be your name is not a command itself. Hallowed be your name is a cry for for relief, direction, hope, and growth for the one who wants to grow in holiness. It's the cry, may your name be holy and greatly respected in this world, also through me. Now, that's not to say that this command doesn't exist in Scripture. The command to be holy can be found in many places throughout Scripture. Think of Romans 12, verse 1, for example. I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. But a command to be holy is not what we find in the first petition of the Lord's Prayer today. And this is something important for us to remember. We're not being told to be holy here. We're told where to find holiness. 
Do you want to grow in holiness? Do you want to grow in holiness? Go to the one who is holy. Go to your Father, the one who makes you holy. And realize that your Heavenly Father is right there to give you what you need. If only you come to Him as your Father, as the Lord Jesus teaches. Which is to say, expecting that He's both able and willing to have you grow in holiness. Now the second thing we need to remember when we come to all the petitions of the Lord's Prayer but especially this one as we're focusing on it today, is this. Be genuine and sincere as you pray this petition of the Lord's Prayer. Psalm 17, a psalm on prayer by King David, teaches us what this looks like. In verse 6, it says, I've called upon you, for you will hear me, O God. Incline your ear to me and hear my speech. He calls on God, not because God told him to, though God does. But he calls on God, for you will hear me. He calls on God because he knows that God will hear him, and so he prays expectantly. That attitude towards prayer applies well to our petition, hallowed be your name. If we do ask God to make his name to be respected greatly, and we do carry that name with us through what we say and do, then we ought to recognize what we're actually asking him to do. We are asking him to work in us as those who carry his name and through us when we ask his name to be hallowed. So what does that mean for us? We should ask God for what we need for holy living. But more than that, we ask our Father for what we need with the intention of actually using what he gives us to be holy. Don't ask. Don't ask if you have no intention to follow through with striving in holiness and the strength that he gives. When we have parts of our lives that need to be changed if God's name is to be exalted, we should recognize that. And we should sincerely cry on God to give us the strength, the willingness to use that strength that he gives us in answer to our prayer. Because where there is a request, there is an answer. And God will answer us when we call on him in genuineness of heart. Imagine for a moment that a friend asks you for money to meet his grocery budget or else he and his family will fall short. And not only do you give him enough to meet his grocery expenses, but also to pay his rent, to pay his family bills for the dentist, and to cover all of his other expenses for the rest of the month. And then your friend takes that money and puts it on a jar in a shelf in his kitchen, in his kitchen cupboard. And then he starts to talk to all kinds of other people about how he's still in a hard and bad situation. You'd be wondering, right? Why ask me for help if you're not going to use it? Sure, the need may be genuine, but there's no point in asking if you're not going to use it. There's no point in coming to God to ask him if we do not ask him sincerely. As our beloved father who knows our needs and who loves us. There's no point in coming to God if it's just ritual or rote or superstition for us. 
There's no point in coming to God if we're just going to keep our eyes closed to Him and spend our time instead complaining to others about our hardships and our never-ending struggle against one sin or another. But if we pray for holiness to grow in our lives, and in obedience we wait on the Lord, wait expectantly, hopefully, and rejoice in Him even in times of hardship, live repentantly, openly, accepting as He reveals more and more sin to our eyes in answer to this prayer, making war on this sin, killing it, running to our Father when ashamed, not running away from Him, turning our earnest desire to change and to be made holy over to Him in prayer. And as we do this and as we grow in this more and more, you'll see how richly He rewards, how richly He blesses this attitude towards prayer. So if we ask God's name to be hallowed, we should come with a mindset shaped by these two things. First, that this is a petition, not a command. Jesus Christ shows us where to go in order to make our lives holy, as God's children ought to be. So we don't come to him as judge, expecting condemnation or falling for, for falling short of holiness. But we come to him as Father, who will fill us with every blessing needed as, as we pursue holiness. And second, that we must be genuine and sincere. Expecting our Father to answer our prayer, to give us what we need in this fight. More and more to expose sin in our lives. To open our eyes to sin in our lives as, as we pray to Him. And recognizing that He'll give us what we need in pursuit of holiness, in pursuit of making war against that sin. In pursuit of making His name respected in this world, hallowed in this world. And this brings us to the second thing we're to consider what we're asking for in this petition. So what are we asking God for? What do we need to genuinely and sincerely pray for? Our Lord teaches us, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. We are to pray that God's name is respected and honored in this world. But how does that happen? Well, how does that happen for people? If you think in the world of sports, a famous footy player becomes honored like that when they work hard and they rise up through the minor leagues. But it's not just what they do. It's also what their coach or recruiter says about them. It's what their teammates say about them. That guy is really talented. It's the fact that other people shared the information about their skill about them, that they are honored and respected and for their skill that they are honored and respected for their skill and eventually make their way up to the big leagues? Or how about a small business owner? It's the same principle there. Word of mouth honors them. People tell of need of a, a tradie or a cabinet maker or a chippy or a sparky. And others say to them, oh, I've got a great guy for that. They recommend him by word of mouth, right? That's how it goes. And by word of mouth, their reputation grows. Their good name grows. They're honored in the community for what they do. God has chosen to work much in the same way in order to hallow his name. How so? 
Well, on the one part, on the one hand, we know from Psalm 19, for example, that all of creation does declare the glory of God. The skies above proclaim the work of his hands. Day unto day utter speech, night to night reveals knowledge. There's no speech or language where their voice is not heard. God makes his name known in creation. And that alone should be enough for us to stay in awe of him. But we know also that ever since the fall into sin, humanity's eyes have been blinded. Humanity's eyes have been blinded to God's glory in the majesty of this created world. Our, our confessions say that what is available in this world is enough for man to recognize that there is God, is a God. And as he goes in rebellion against that God, enough to condemn him. The letter to the Romans talks about this as well. It says that there is a God that can be made known through creation, but the human race has blinded their eyes to him. They themselves have chosen this. In the words of that letter, their foolish hearts were darkened. But what does God do in the midst of that darkness? He chooses to let his light shine. He chooses to let it shine to the world. First and foremost, through his Son, through his son who came to make the Father known to his people. But in his grace, he also lets his light shine to people who don't believe in him through his word and through word of mouth and through the lives of those who read his word. For the benefit of those who don't, he hallows his name through people. He calls those who are unbelieving in this world, to see the salt and the light that he has placed in this world. And while we don't add to his glory, there's nothing that we as people could do to add to the glory of God. What we do is we reveal the glory of God, more and more of the glory of God, by our lives making him appear greater in the eyes of others. So when we say, hallowed be your name, we're not just saying we hope it's hallowed out there. This is a deeply intimate and personal request. It's saying, Father, I know that your name is also hallowed through people. Now hallow it through me as well. Make your name and reputation be made known through me. In my life, Lord, be glorified today. So what are we to ask for? We're to pray that God's name is respected and honored in this world, also through us. And perhaps as we personally pray this, most especially through us, that we would stand as a light in this world. Now, having seen that we need to ask our Father for the power to hallow his name, how we need to ask sincerely, genuinely, wanting his name to be made great, how we offer ourselves up to glorify his name when we use this petition, we last of all need to be prepared for him to answer this petition. Because our Father does answer prayer, and we need to have our eyes open for when he does, or run the risk of simply taking what God gives us, the blessings that God gives us for granted. And our catechism does a beautiful job of summarizing how this will happen. As we ask genuinely and sincerely, three things start to happen. First, we come to rightly know the Father. 
If we want to praise the name of our Father and talk about how wonderful it is to have Him as our Father, we need to know who He is for ourselves. This is something that those who are dating can maybe speak to. I see a lot of young people in this congregation. And if you're newly dating, then you know a little bit about this. You can speak very highly of somebody. But then as you start dating, and by God's grace, you date somebody that you know and respect, and you start to grow in knowledge of them, your respect for them will grow as well, and you can speak more highly of them. As you get engaged and married and you, become, you start to know them more and more intimately, you know of more in which you can respect and honor them. When you're speaking to your family about the blessings of being married, the more you know about them, the more time you've spent with them, the more you're able to share this kind of thing. This is why our catechism begins by telling us that we must rightly come to know him. If we want to praise the name of our father and talk about how wonderful it is to have him as our father, we need to know him, who he is for ourselves. We're not just talking about a general knowing of someone's name. You can have that, right? You can know somebody by their name or their vague reputation. You have this with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Or you have this with John Calvin or Abraham Kuyper. But as our Father answers this sincere prayer of faith, He doesn't let us more and more know Him in this general and vague sense. But in a more and more intimate sense as time goes on. Jesus Christ taught us this prayer because he knows that as our Father answers this prayer, he'll begin to let us know more and more about who the Father is as the Lord Jesus himself knows him. Jesus, who spent quiet moments away from the crowds, speaking to him in prayer. Jesus, who had quiet confidence that his Father's house would be wide open to all who came through him. Luke 14, verse uh, 2. Jesus, who was comforted by an angel sent by his Father in his hour of distress in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus, who then went to his Father's house to prepare a way for us. He dearly loved his Father when he was on earth. And he wanted his disciples to dearly love his father as well. Which was why he taught them to pray, addressing him as father. This is the first part of coming to make our father's name respected and hallowed in this world. We grow to know him more and more. And as so we speak with reverence of his holiness, his righteousness. We speak of reverence of the fact that this holy God in whom there is only light, in whom there is no darkness at all, this holy God would take us to be his children and to teach us by his son to call him father. We come to know him and have a relationship with him as our perfect father. Yes, we come to know him more and more. Second, 
we not only come to know him, but we also sanctify, glorify, and praise him in all his works. What does that mean? It means that we set him apart above all else. We honor him and we talk about our respect for him and about his amazing worth above all. You see this coming out again throughout the Psalms. Psalm after psalm after psalm, there's praise of God. You see this even further back in history in the time of Moses. The horses and the riders are, fell into the sea. The sea covers them and there's a song of praise to God that comes after that. You see this later in the scriptures. You see this throughout Jesus' life as he brings praise to his Father. You see this later in the letters of the apostles, bringing praise to the Father, sanctifying, glorifying, and praising him in all his works. We, of course, can't come to know him or his works if we don't spend time in the word. But as we open his word genuinely and sincerely, praying that his name might be hallowed, he begins to open our eyes. And as we read through the grand sweep of redemptive history, he gives us reason to respect him and stand in awe of him and more and more to see his hands at work in the world today. And he gives us reason to talk about him with awe as he shows us his works in which, as the catechism says, shines forth his almighty power, wisdom, goodness, righteousness, mercy, and truth. And third, he answers it by changing our lives. If you come genuinely and sincerely asking God to change your life, loved ones, to grow in holiness, expect him to answer. If you sincerely ask him to make himself great in your life, he will do so. Maybe not through turning you into the next Billy Graham, but he'll do it through showing people that he's big in your life. that he has shaped your life. That you honor him in your life. And that you respect him and have him as holy in your life. And that's something that can be true for everyone from the smallest, from the youngest of you boys and girls to the most wise and gray-haired or white-haired among all of us here today. He changes our lives. He changes our lives not to revolve around popularity, not to revolve around money, not to revolve around reputation or the kingdom of self. He changes our lives to revolve around Him, our Father. Now, some people, they'll have this picture that God's name is only hallowed through the best people in church, who in their minds are the holiest people. They are the ones that God and the church should put on display. But not on me. I'm sinful. I'm afraid to talk to people. I'm imperfect. I'm just the everyday, ordinary person. But do you love him? Do you love him? Do you want him to answer this petition in your life? As we pray, so too, our Father answers genuinely and sincerely. 
as we love him genuinely and sincerely ask his name to be hallowed, he'll do so. Others will see how more and more of your life is shaped by him and revolves around him. It doesn't matter where you were before. Others will see the change and give glory to God. And they'll be able to say more and more, this is a person whose God is the Lord. Our whole life, our thoughts, our words, and our actions will begin to reflect that our God is the Lord. Our God is our Father. And we will fight. We will fight so that his name is not blasphemed by us, but always honored and praised. When we pray this petition, loved ones, when we pray this petition, hallowed be your name, don't see this as a bar Don't see this as something to measure up to. Don't be overwhelmed and just feel the weight of all the expectations of maybe your family, of the church, of the world, weighing down on you that you outwardly have to perform. That's not what this petition is about. This is not a bar to measure up to. This is a gift, a gift that is given to those who ask for it. You feel that you don't measure up. Good. Because if you did, you wouldn't need to ask God. As our catechism describes it in Lord's Day 44, while praying to God for the grace of the Holy Spirit, let us never stop striving to be renewed more and more after God's image until after this life we reach the goal of perfection. We don't pray this because we have already reached the goal of perfection in this life. We pray because we don't have. And we also pray because we have a Father who is able and who is willing to work it in us. So, loved ones, when you pray this, pray this recognizing as you pray this genuinely and sincerely, you go home and you pray this petition. Recognize that God will open your eyes to sin in your life. May your name be hallowed. That means those things that I wasn't aware of before, he's going to make me aware of them. And make me aware of the fact that in order for his name to grow in this world more and more through me, those things have to be done away with. But at the same time, that this is a gift that he's given through Jesus Christ. This is a gift that he's given to us to wash us clean in Christ, and to give us strength and power by His Spirit to transform us day by day so that we can be transformed from glory to glory as those who belong to Christ. When Christ gave us this prayer, He knew of our shortcomings and He knew why we needed to ask it. So, loved ones, don't Approach this petition, hallowed be your name, as a burden. Don't be sad or weary, weighed down by feelings of inadequacy, but delight and be thankful that God has given you this petition. The Father gives this petition to you because you aren't perfect, holy, and perfectly wise, and you've reached that goal of perfection in your life. Come to this petition rejoicing that Jesus Christ knows your need, and he goes ahead of us, has gone ahead of us, and opens the way to the one who can 
fill that need. The one who has filled that need and the one who will make his name great. Amen.